of the Midwest Monsters Podcasts. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by... Professor Wagstaff. My name is Benny. Hi, Toddy. Good to be with you again, friends, as we dive into another franchise this evening. I feel like it's been a little bit since we've done a franchise. Has it been? What was the last franchise? Uh, Underworld. Yeah. Underworld. Yeah. Okay, so not too long, but still, yeah. But, uh, hey, we're going to talk about... All three of the Blair Witch films tonight, of which Vinny is very excited. <laughs> Almost as excited as when we did the Paranormal Activity franchise. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, just a reminder to you folks, we are recording over Zoom. Quality is still lacking just a little bit, but uh, it won't be long. We'll be back in person. We'll get the professor rip-roaring drunk, and we will have... Good times. Good times are coming again, friends, as we are all fully vaccinated. So. Looking forward to it. Vaccinated. Uh, Going to shit on the microphone. Raise some hell next when we get together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pro tip, do not play municipal waste when your friends are having some liquor drinks. They get very excited very quickly. So It is true. It got in my blood quicker than the whiskey. And if you need proof, go back and listen to the Leprechaun episode because I don't want to. <laughs> So let's start with well, let's let's just say overall feelings about the Blair Witch franchise, um, and then maybe we could get into each film. But just overall, I I feel like I enjoy this trilogy of films enough. We'll put it that way. I think that's a good way of putting it. I don't love them, but I like them, um, and. I think that no matter how you feel about them, with even with the sequels, the first one is important enough. We have to cover it. So here we are. Here we are. I will agree that the first one is important enough that you have to cover it. Um, as a series, I don't like it. I I actually agree with Vinny. <laughs> My man's boy. Folks, get your jackets out. Hell, has maybe we don't need to get together. <laughs> I think the show did. The show just end. It's over. It's done. We finally we just unlocked the, the, the final combination. These two just got arm in arm. We're done. <laughs> Red Rover over not liking over. something. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the first film, the Blair Witch Project. Toddy, can you hit some dates and details? The Blair Witch Project, 1999, written and directed by Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez, starring Heather Donahue as Heather, Michael C. Williams as Mike, and Joshua Leonard as uh, Josh. Hmm, that's coincidental. <laughs> and the rest of the cast is just a bunch of local hillbillies. So, uh... 
this is actually, if I'm being true, this is probably the first time I've revisited this film since it came out. I saw it in the theater. Really? Same. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. I did buy it on VHS, probably watched it one more time. I know I watched it one more time because I scared the shit of myself watching it one more time with some friends and then went home to my house in the woods in the dark. And so, yes, so I have not watched this since it came to VHS. I'm kind of surprised. Um, This is probably the third or fourth time I've seen it. I mean, it's just one of those ones that it's been big and successful enough that it's just popped up kind of organically. It's not something uh, that I go out of my way to watch, though, because I enjoy it. Um, But And I touched on this when we covered the third film on a mash. Um, There is a certain... Um, affection for it based on the opening weekend experience for me. Yeah, for sure. This is the first time that I've seen it since it came out in the theater. And that was not a pleasant experience. I'll get it out of the way now. I said it before in the other episode. I got motion sickness in the theater from watching this movie. From the uh, found footage style camera action, it gave me motion sickness. It was not not fun and that's a that's a real thing i mean i i do feel sympathy for people that i mean that's a sickening experience in the theater on a big screen let me ask you this does that happen at home on a smaller screen for you with these found footage no uh no um there have even even within this franchise there there were moments at home watching where i just kind of had to take my eyes off the screen and focus off screen for a minute yeah but my dislike for found footage is deeply rooted in getting physical illness from from the style. That that's a lot of where my dislike for found footage comes from. It makes gotcha. it makes little baby's tum tum hurt. It makes if me we... sick. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have to sit on the aisle seat like they requested for the people that spew? <laughs> That was my first experience with it. I had never, I had never gotten motion sickness from from a, sometimes uh, first person shooter video games will give me that same feeling. Uh, but I this is the first time I had ever experienced it in the theater. So uh, at first, I thought the Blair Witch had put a, a spell on me. Obviously, <laughs> had a stick man uh, up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. And 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 my other thing with this, if it. Well, I'll let Todd talk. Go, Todd. If you need to spew, spew in this. <laughs> well, the first time I ever experienced motion sickness in a movie was Deep Throat. Um, but then after seeing it, um, actually, I didn't see Blair Witch in the theater. Uh, I was in Hawaii. What? And we what? actually went. Oh, you were rich. Okay. We went to go see Blair Witch, and it was sold out. So we went and saw American Pie instead, which I thought we were the winners. Um. And then uh, I worked at the video store, and I just remember our rep saying, well, you didn't get to see that in the theater, because it's like two weeks later. She's like, I have the screener. I can send it to you. So I watched it at my friend's house on a, a screener copy, um, which I thought worked effectively um, as well, because we were all scared shitless. And then an unexpected guest came over, and so he's pounding on the door, scared us even worse. Um but the screeners like actually was missing some of the movie. So um, she actually said the, the ending was cut off, but I don't think she realized 
that's just how the movie ends. Um, <laughs> this is my that's first experience. I, I, with Blair Witch, every time I watch it, like where I enjoyed it the first time, I think each time I watch it, I like it less. Um, it doesn't hold up. I, I, I get the importance, although it's not even the first movie that's that was done like this uh, by a long shot, but... Um, I think the marketing ties in with it because I can't think of too many movies that I kind of I kind of wanted to hit that like how what what the media campaign was like leading up to this movie because I think that's a very important part of well, the yeah. impact that it had. Yeah, so There's one thing that's the big difference, but we'll get to that. Go ahead. Um, I think the last time I watched it was when the the last movie came out, so um, I at least rewatched the first one. Um, and then again, watching it for this. So, um, at this point, I just look forward to watching the Blair bitch project. Cause it's just like Jesus Christ killer. But, um, <laughs> I did say like the, the marketing of this was pretty smart because I thought it was weird. Cause I was always a lone movie nerd. So I had heard about the Blair witch when they were doing the film circuits. So when I had friends arguing to me that I'm wrong, that it's a fucking true story because they watched the documentary on TV, which is the Curse of the Blair Witch. Aired uh, on sci-fi. Which um, I, I didn't really know, actually, until looking up some of the details for this, that that was actually the full movie was going to go back and forth, and they decided why would they do that. So Interesting, uh, because the that documentary is on the home releases, like the Blu-ray has it, and I threw that on today, and I thought, they should have put this in the movie, because it's, it's put together perfectly like an hour long with commercials uh you know like you'd see with true crime stuff and unsolved mysteries and other things it's put together really well i think it would have been fun to incorporate into the movie but we'll get into that yeah so uh, i apparently it was uh it was definitely like the end caps to the film of like uh that's because I, I don't even think they had because the ending was shot a few times too and I think that a lot of stuff was vague because they had to go back and film some of the stuff like the, the old man's house. Cause it made no sense to some of the people. Cause they're like, they cut all the other stuff out. So they're like, why the fuck's this guy standing in the corner? Uh, <laughs> but I mean, again, I see the importance. I, I don't know if it's cause I, everybody, I have not paid to meet Heather Donahue and I have not went to a steak and shake that she worked at, but <laughs> I've heard that she's a huge see you next Tuesday. So, <laughs> and I, think I don't know shows. how I am 39 years old and I've never heard that said. <laughs> and I think it shows in, in the movie because it, I was like, my God, I would have killed myself or her. Look, I, I'll just get it out of the way real quick. I mentioned it. It's episode 90 when we covered the third film. If anybody wants to go back and listen to that. Um, she is the worst person i've ever met at a convention and in the moment i thought maybe she's being rude because the person i'm with is maybe being a little overbearing for our podcast and you know i he wasn't he was he was being friendly she was like just she was gross i mean there's no other way to put it she was there to sell books on growing marijuana and she did not want to talk to anybody I mean, at all, like it was Chad, the, the former host of this show was asking about like when her, he said, you know, we know your panels at this time. And she goes, oh, oh, is it? 
I mean, she was just so aggressively rude right from the get-go. So just want to mention that because I mentioned it on the old episode but didn't really elaborate. That's why. I mean, she was just really unpleasant. Now I was astounded when I re-listened to it. You said she was a bigger asshole than Tom Savini. That blew my mind. <laughs> Still stand by that. I mean, I've never had any experience like that at a convention. I mean, she was that, like, just awful. Now, did the Blair Witch teach her how to grow marijuana? <laughs> it might. She actually <laughs> runs the strains up around stick figures. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess she even kept. She carried a knife with her because the idea that she's sleeping with two men in a tent, and she kept asking the whole filming if this was going to be a snuff movie. Bitch, calm down. Yeah, so that whole bit about it being real was definitely, I mean, the big selling point, right? And along with yeah. that, yes, I mean, along with that, it had a website like these missing yes. people, like you it's, can go there. It's still maintained. Yeah, and I, oh, is it? That's cool. Like I remember yeah. when that happened, I was uh, I went and printed out their missing poster in either radio, TV, or register, and like hung it up on the wall. I was like, guys, for real, this movie's going to be legit. These people are missing. This documentary's nuts. People are passing out in the theaters because they're freaked <laughs> out so much. They're vomiting. Yeah. So feed <laughs> their pants. We really need to hit this before we even. <laughs> God damn it. Before we jump into the movie, because the the debate and the conversation constantly shifts to jungle. <laughs> to <laughs> the what? jungle. This fellow You're throwing me off. Cannibal Holocaust. So <laughs> they did the same thing where they sold the actors as, you know, dead from the filming. They signed waivers to be gone for a certain period of time. The director landed in court because they truly believed he killed people. And so there's the lore around that, and that's constantly compared. And yes, that was well before the Blair Witch Project. But the difference is the internet. That is the key to this movie because that gave every single person with the access the ability to think that they were uncovering it on their own. Look at what yes. I know before I go see this movie because they did a, a really good job of keeping it relatively under wraps for a movie that caught on so big. Um, and I mean, this stems back to the, the festival circuit where they would go around like, you know, these different festivals with flyers and put them up ahead of time just to kind of drum up the interest in it. But that carried over into the theater because I can remember going to see this opening weekend and thinking it was real. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't had a ton of exposure to the facts of it, but, you know, the airing on TV with the little documentary, the website. It, it drummed up enough buzz around it that by the time you, you got it spread out widespread in the theaters, when, you know, a teenager like me, I thought I was watching a real thing. And I joked about it on the old episode where later that night at a house party, I'd woken up after everybody went to bed and there's Heather Donahue doing an interview on TV. And I thought, huh? <laughs> and, and, you know, that's where it kind of clicked. Oh, that was all bullshit. This is one big routine to sell the movie but it worked i mean it was a neat experience opening weekend i give them all the credit for the pt barnum type of media campaign that they had for this i really do like they really hoodwinked a lot of people i had a, a friend of ours was really into this like leading up to going to see it and like 
putting over the website a documentary and this is real this is real this is real we got to go check this out so we all went as a group and people can can call bullshit if they would like uh but i got about 10 to 15 minutes into the movie and i smelled acting on it i i I just something didn't feel real i knew and i think that's part of the reason that i had a bad taste about it because i felt like they tried to hoodwink me i felt like they tried to put one over on me and i think i took offense to it in a way um and then, of course, the motion sickness thing. So that I was going to say, let, or is it because thing. you were trying to grab the armchairs of your chair to hold on to dear life and looking for <laughs> any reason to believe that what you were watching was real? Was the bad taste? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, the motion sickness, I remember specifically being a, a, quite a headache. But, yeah, uh, so that's that's those are the feelings I've carried around for years from that first viewing. And I've never watched again until now. I'll give you that, though. The sixth sense I don't buy from people, but I believe people if they they didn't. There's another one that I get. People call bullshit on before that I I swear is true, and that's that. We'll get to that when we cover whatever series it is. Shut up, nerd. Well, (laughs) whatever it is, I can believe you as long as it's not the sixth sense. That's a little. It's not the. It, it is not the sixth sense. But I do know somebody who's one of the thickest people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> like, as a grown man, still carries around fireworks in his backpack, like all year long. And he he called the village ten minutes into it. I did too. What you're talking about me? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> not cool. <laughs> I didn't say fireworks. Not, rocket I said fireworks, not sticks of dynamite. Till the end, which was the spoiler for me because I was like, "What a garbage movie!" <laughs> okay, so the uh, project. Who's does it? Do you have a synopsis? God, do you need one? <laughs> so three <laughs> filmmakers. Go into the woods outside of Burkittsville, Maryland. Which is a real place. Yep. And it used to be called Blair. And You're a real place. <laughs> it's <laughs> called the Black the Black Hills, right? Which I'm like, no, nah, the Black Hills are in South Dakota. But anyways, yes, they go into the Black Hills. They're researching this Blair witch. And uh, first off, they stop in the village of Burkittsville and interview people about it and hear some of the stories. Uh, they're they're hearing about this character named Rustin Parr, um, and it's kind of believable from the beginning because of the bad sound. Like you know, because again, it, none of us had seen Cannibal Holocaust when this came out. You know, what I mean, now we're all big fans of it. Well, except for Vinny, but like we're all big fans of it. But like, I don't mind Cannibal Holocaust. To be perfectly honest with you, okay. Um, so yeah, like, he actually hates turtles. <laughs> yeah, I think they're awful. So like. <laughs> From the beginning, I, I'm like looking back and I'm like, oh, no way this is a movie. The sound quality is so shitty in the beginning here. Like they're making, like we did make videos and radio TV. So, I mean, they use all of those tricks that we're all very well accustomed to now. But back then, you know, outside of Cannibal Holocaust, there weren't many popular found footage movies. Very true. Um, you you going to get our Facebook lit up. 
<laughs> well, actually. Actually. So, um, I love when they go to the trailer of that crazy lady, Mary Brown. <laughs> Is that, oh, no, that's that's the... the I was thinking, the, the lady they talk to that has the baby. Because I'm like, you know that baby, they couldn't get the baby to act. But it starts really crying. I'm like, there's probably some, some real truth to this because that baby knew what was going on because he's like no <laughs> and those those are on the second watch those are things that are done very well the the very average looking locals the way the interviews that having that baby because the baby's unpredictable it like it does lend itself to make it feel a little uh, more believability with choosing I those agree. people well the woman with, the woman with the baby is like something to do with the film but because they had some plants um, they just didn't know what they didn't know what to expect them to say. But that woman, the crazy lady, was a townsperson and made all that shit up on the spot. And then they could never get her to like sign the waiver for the film. Like she just kind of was like, "Nope," and disappeared. Maybe she's the Blair Witch. No, maybe this shit well, was I think, real. I think we need a prequel to find out. <laughs> and then she taught Heather hey, how to grow weed. Funny, we were gonna get a prequel. What? And be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that one of the spoofs was the Blair Bitch Project. Uh, there's the Bear Winch Project. I didn't miss that one, which I believe is <laughs> Jim Wynorski film. <laughs> well, and the one that we made, Blair Rumkey. Yeah, Blair Rumkey. I think I've still got that somewhere. Um, if you do, we need to get that transferred over digitally and get it online. <laughs> I need to find it. Yeah, I don't know that I do. I'm not positive. I do have the Motorcycle Road Project, of which you were not involved with. But yeah, Blair Rumkey, we got to see if we can find that. Is that where you go to the recycling center? Yes. We filmed a spoof <laughs> of it. I don't think we elaborated on this on the old episode. During a high school soccer game, there were people <laughs> looking at us over at the Rumkey that they had set up there. Um, the Rumkey port So yeah. Yeah, it was set up literally, and we did that during a an actual high school soccer game. And I think the ending was we opened the rumkey, and Porter was standing there with his pants down. Yes, old <laughs> friend John Porter. <laughs> so anyway, hey, it's Porter. crazy we didn't hey, date a lot. Porter. Back to the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> Basically, this film crew goes out into the woods looking for the you know any traces that this Blair Witch was a true story. They get lost. Hijinks ensue. Any other notes any of you want to add at this point? I, I will say, too, because this isn't just found foot. There's, like, no script. They would get notes, I guess, so occasionally. I, I Apparently, uh, Josh. Oh, they, like, wake up and they'd have, like, notes on their backpack? Yeah, well, so, stuff. like, they actually kind of cut a lot of the footage, but Josh and Heather are the two that actually argue, like, a lot. So much that's that's why they he woke up to a note that said, when they go to sleep, you you come out of the tent, and then they told him you're dead, which he was excited because he went to like a concert or something. But, uh, <laughs> but that yeah, they would just get like a note. I think Mike got a note that he was to lose the map, and that's all they would get. Josh was just too stoked to get to the Blind Melon concert that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Dave Matthews. <laughs> yeah, in rewatching this. Uh, my wife Carrie was like, "Boy, I really forgot how annoying she is." <laughs> oh, but it's awful! All it's of her awful. screaming, yeah. And that's where it's she's awful. Normal. She's being friendly. She's not bitchy. They are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, don't... Um, I do, and en- I enjoy all the the kind of 
little nuggets that we uncover with the lore as we go along, starting with the interviews. Then we hit the the two fishermen out there in the woods. That was fun. Um, yeah, so we learned about Coffin Rock, where we had people uh, with a ritualistic sacrifice there. Um, what was the name? Uh, Rustin, Rustin Parr that had the house um, where he, in the 1940s, uh, was responsible for, I think it was seven children murdering. Um, and it, that's where we set the the little detail in there that makes the, the ending a little bit more effective, which is that um, he took kids in pairs and he would make one stand in the corner while he murdered the other. Can we pause um, on that? Cause that freaks me out right there because he took them in pairs, but there's seven kids. So that just, I'm like, well, how? Well, after he <laughs> figured out, he didn't like the first one. Now, never mind. Oh, then I he did pairs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. After the first one, he's like, this would be more fun if I made one listen in the corner. <laughs> I can't stand to have him looking at me. Yeah, but I do I do like the, the little things along the way where we're explaining the incidents kind of organically through through their experience as opposed to the traditional spelling it all out for you at the beginning. I think it's kind of fun to let the viewer uh, piece that together, which watching it this time, I realized that it would be dumbed down even more if it were made today. They would literally spell all of this out. There's so much stuff there that is dropped for the viewer to put together um, that it's startling to see how quickly things have changed in just a couple of decades with that. Oh, and trust me, 16 year old me, when I saw this half, that shit went way over my head. Like by the end of the film, I'm like, what, what's this about? (laughs) Well, I think didn't the actors though, they, they thought this was real too, though. Like the legend. I'm not sure on that. I mean, they knew they were making a movie, obviously, but uh, right. I, I thought that they, until the movie, until like they were done, that they didn't know it was all made up. Interesting. Yeah. Um, they thought they had really gotten murdered. Do they mention her name in the, because I don't know, I took notes <laughs> as I watched all three. Do they mention the Blair Witch's name in the first movie? Ellie, is it Ellie Ked- Kedward? Ellie Kedward. I feel. Ellie Kedworth. They definitely do in the TV documentary. Okay. Because I watched that today. I know that the lore was there because I remember they also made like a PC game of this, like, you know, for your Windows 95 system. So so this was legitimately like legend, local legend before this movie. No. Is that true? Or it was, was this it was made trumped up. up for this? It was made up, but the actors even thought that this is a real legend. Okay. Okay, I got you. And and probably because I, I know that the name is similar to there's like some early documentary on film about like a witch. And I think the name's similar to that. And so it was the Nair witch. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I do. I know that Ellie Kedward was a name. Around the first film, I just don't remember if it gets said in the first film, but it was in the lore. Uh, we also get the famous Coffin Rock, which is going to pop up later uh, in the second film. Um, the cemetery with the little stones, the piles of stones, and things like that. Uh, then Where he get... knocks over the headstone. There's seven headstones, which matches the lore of the kids. 
Yeah, way to go, Mikey, and kicking over the pile of stones on that. He liked to kick things. He kicked the map and kicked the rocks and needs anger management, if you ask me. Uh, so then we get to the night noises. They start hearing stuff at night, freaks them out. They don't know what's happening. Uh, then the, even though they're lost, as we talked about, Mikey kicks the map into the <laughs> creek when they can't find the map. Uh, he's like, well, we're lost anyway. And uh, then the stick figures appear. How's everybody feel about the stick figures? I, I don't. Yeah, indifferent. I. It's something to for them to lean into with, you know, it being iconic. But I find the 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 snapping of the twigs why at night while they're in their tent, and you learn that they're making that to be more chilling than the actual result. Yeah. So then they get to a point where they hear kid noises at night and something is hitting their tent, which is crazy. And all that to say, like, I think this hit for me back then, and Vinny, I don't know how much camping you had done up to this point, but, like, you know, I'd go camping every deer season. And so, like, the idea of being exposed out in the elements to something you can't see and know is what really freaked me out. That's what really sold me the first time around. I, I think there's always an element of that when you have a movie that deals with uh, camping because that's camp. tent is camping because a tent offers you nothing but shelter from the weather. Yeah. There is no protection from anything outside of it. If something really wanted to get in there with you. And I think that that is an anxiety that anybody who's ever been camping and heard a heard a noise has, has felt in their life. So I will agree that that is something that is kind of anybody who's been in that situation will immediately relate to it. As we like to say, when we're camping in bear country, just remember there's just a windbreaker between you and the bear. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, then we wake up one morning and Josh has disappeared. And then Heather gets a bag of teeth, which is fun. That, that was another <laughs> one where she, that apparently the first time she threw it and they're like, this bitch. So they had to leave her a note like, open it. <laughs> open the Open bag. it. Yes, it's your camping goodie bag. Got some hair and teeth in here. Well, you know, it's weird, too, because uh, I th- I will say the intriguing thing of all three movies is the fact that you really... I remember uh, McFarlane Toys even did a Blair Witch action figure, um, but we don't really know what she looks like. And um, I guess in this movie, they had... I don't think you're still going to really see her, but they had one of the camera guys had a dress on, but the guy that was supposed to turn the camera forgot to, and so we never do see it. I think Heather actually says, what the fuck is that? Also, that's probably the most interesting thing for me of this movie is I think it's like uh, up there with probably uh, Wolves of Wall Street where they say like fuck like 194 times or something crazy. <laughs> Anything to say before we hit the big finale? No, I just think it, it it's interesting what this did to the genre. And, um, and I it... think that's... Well, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say at that point that you're making right there is I think that 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 is the most important thing to that even I, somebody who doesn't like the movie, you have to give credit to it changed the game. Well, I think part of found footage too is, is that, I mean, they don't do maybe so much in the last couple of years, but they're, I mean, 
they they really were pushing that not only is this found footage but it's real and these are not actors so like every movie that came out like like we we get it now like this is the movie but i don't know i feel like the last couple they still have kind of done it on so yeah i mean it just only time tells what holds up and what doesn't but you can't take away the creative effort that went into this i mean it's it's the same thing you know why we celebrate texas chainsaw massacre now we all like texas chainsaw massacre much more years later obviously but um they they didn't just lean into one thing they didn't treat this as found footage they also had the website as we discussed i mean they really spread this out in a creative way um in an era where nothing like that was going on and, and they so, could have, in their wildest dreams, imagined that it would become the hit that it was. Yeah, it blew up. It was enormous. That alone. I mean, you, you still see the repercussions today. Yeah. Did they ever think Definitely. that I would have Blair Witch socks? <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Todd bought these for me for Christmas. Um, so, all right. Got a crazy, crazy day. Heather and Mikey lost, wondering where Josh is, screaming his name. They decide to camp it one more time because they thought they were going to be out of the woods this time, but they weren't. And crazy stuff goes down again. They're running through the woods. They find the house. Which is a creepy fucking house. Oh, yeah. You got little handprints all over the walls inside. They run in. They get separated. And... uh, and she finds Mikey in the basement, in the corner, apologizing. And then we hear a sound, and the camera gets knocked over, and that's the end. How satisfying is it? And I'll be full honest, the first time I saw this film, completely did not take note from earlier in the film, where he said he makes the kid one kid stand in the corner while he kills the other one. And I just thought dude was in the corner peeing. And so <laughs> I was like, what What happened? What's going on? Like, Don't you remember? He said he made the kids stand in the corner. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> and you ate your 3D Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> and drank a Pepsi. Good times. I, 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 w- I was so ready upon the initial viewing for that movie to just be over. The, that ending, I didn't care what the ending was going to be. I just wanted out of that theater. Now, having watched it this last time, I honestly wasn't riveted by this movie on this second viewing. Um, it's hard. When you, when you dislike something the first time around <laughs> that much, it's very difficult to go in with an open mind. And think you're going to completely change your mind about it the second time. I did not completely change my mind about it the second time. I still don't like this movie. I, as I've said before, I appreciate the impact that it had on the genre and continues to have on the genre. And I appreciate the P.T. Barnum aspect of how they marketed the thing. I appreciate the fact that it was a, a small venture that, that blew up. It just isn't for me. And if other people enjoy it, that's fine. It's just not for me. 
Yeah, this surpassed Halloween, didn't it, for the biggest return at the time? Yeah, this was like, I think they made it for a million. That was before it got picked. I, they picked some more into it after it was bought. But How in the fuck did that cost a million dollars? I think the million might have been like the marketing, honestly. Because I, I fair okay. I think even some I'll of the, that, which they did have better cameras. Like they they messed with the footage to make it look like like you would have filmed it on home video. But um, they're like, we can put you together a website for easily a half mil. I mean, we just... <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like the guys who would buy you vodka when you were sixteen. Like, no, man, a fifth of skull vodka totally costs thirty five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> then you turn 21 and walk into a liquor store for the first time and go, what this motherfucker. <laughs> but regardless, I like, man, it wasn't made for more than like a million bucks. And then it, it grows so much money. So yeah, it'd be, I think Halloween was the, the title for the, the highest grossing independent film of all time. And then Blair Witch beat it. So, and I, yeah, from, I was going to say, it's it's also came out in July, so this isn't a kind of movie that you would think would go over well in the summer. And it opened with The Haunting, which was what everybody thought was going to was gonna dominate for the horror movie uh, summer release, so. which was also a turd. Yeah, That's, for me, the only way this is interesting that. is within the context of its importance. Um, as a standalone, it you know, it's not the most rewarding movie and it hasn't aged the best, but I think uh, when you look at it in the overall big picture of, of how it affected the genre, I think it's a fascinating movie in, in its own right. And I do like that it built up its own lore and blossomed out into these other movies we're getting ready to cover. And so people can really make something much bigger out of it from such a simple, small movie. And I think that's pretty cool. I um I appreciate this film and its place and its time, but uh, it's not anything that I'll really be in a hurry to rewatch again. It'll probably be another twenty years. <laughs> Take those I... fucking socks off, then. <laughs> yeah, poser. <laughs> well, Todd, your your Christmas gift's going in the trash, bud. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else to get you? It was like a redneck and found footage. <laughs> uh, I identify as hillbilly. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> So uh, yeah, it made me laugh like Mutley from Hanna Barbera. <laughs> so it's Blair Witch Project. Why don't we ease right into the next film, which Todd uh, correctly tell us the title. So you're expecting the Blair Witch Two? No, it's Book of Shadows. Blair Witch Two, two thousand. A whole year later. <laughs> uh which was weird because I guess I have not watched this movie that often because, but uh, I forgot that it's an actual movie. So I do give him props for that. Um, but uh, I know that the, the creators of one wanted to do a movie about the actual witch, like, like back in the day, maybe if they were going to keep found footage, it could have been like a Nickelodeon. <laughs> so um, I don't know. That's kind of what I was expecting. So, Honestly, I, I I saw Blair Witch 2 in the theater. Were you, were you going to give us the dates and details? Did I not say 2000? You didn't give us the details. Well, details. Written and directed by Joe <laughs> Berlinger, who returned 19 years later to do the Ted Bundy movie for uh, 
Netflix, and also director of Paradise Lost. I was going to say, he gave us Paradise Lost, and I believe Brothers Keeper. Um, and then starring Ooh. Jeffrey Don- Donovan, which obviously he went to a big career as Jeff. <laughs> My name is Jeff. Uh, Erica Lirenson as Erica. Kim Director as Kim. Stephen Turner as Stephen. Tristine Schuyler as Tristine. It's almost like they wrote this stuff themselves. <laughs> um, I can never say his name, but he's in every movie. But like Rain, Rainer Schernin. Apparently he played Rustin Parr, so that flew over my head. And then uh, Larry Flattery as Sheriff Cravens. Okay. Now tell us how you felt about Larry. So yeah, I saw this in the theater and it was hot garbage and I hated it. I don't think I ever really watched it. I, I watched it when it came on video because they fooled me again where they were like, that uh, was it the, I wrote it down so I could remember, but I can't remember. But the S-Rever or s flip it down and reverse it. So I was like, oh, so it'll make sense now because there's this whole big thing on video. No, still. Didn't like it. So, well, let me tell you why you're wrong. Uh, this one is uh, <laughs> is unique as a sequel because even though it wasn't the first meta film, this was this was meta when meta wasn't popping for our generation. You know what I'm saying? Now we've got tons of meta. Boy, you are you are ch- churching it up, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm not saying this is a great movie. By any you means. are polishing that turd just as hard as you can. But what I am going to say is that it totally bombed when it came out because people did not know what to expect. I even talked shit on it when it came out. And again, I'm not saying it's a good movie. I'm just saying now, after time has passed, to go back and watch it and to realize what they were trying to do with that film that, again, wasn't groundbreaking but wasn't very popular at the time was pretty smart to try and do with a sequel for that first film. Now, let me tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is the first and last time I've seen this movie. Uh, <laughs> this movie is what happens when a cheap, non-studio movie makes a shitload of money. And then they go, fuck, we got to make a sequel to this. And then studios get involved. And they put a budget behind it but don't know anything about why the first one was successful. So are you saying that because this came out just a year after the original, that it maybe wasn't because they had a great idea, but wanted to make money. I will definitely say that. I would definitely say that. Oh yeah. Horror fans. I, I will agree with you as far as it's a novel approach they could have just done another found footage, but they were so blinded by money that they thought, well, fuck, if we could make the money off of it just being this cheap thing, imagine if we got a, paid for a soundtrack and, and it was in color and we put an actual production crew behind it, what we could do. And what they could do is, is shit the bed, is what they did. <laughs> so... Um, oh, oh, that professor's got to be the great equalizer here. What's it going to be, professor? <laughs> I, I am. It's perfect that I went last because I'm going to land somewhere in between all of you. Um, this movie is piled on by people as being just the worst thing ever, and it's not. Um, for a cash in, the 
within a year of the the success of the first one, this could have been way lazier. I mean, they it's at least Boggy tried Creek to. Too. Yeah, they they at least tried to implement um, a little bit of creativity and enthusiasm into it. Um, I I don't hate the movie, and I don't. I certainly don't love it. It's just it's there. I mean, it adds to the mythology and the franchise. So yeah, it's just I'm kind of indifferent on it. Now I've spent years thinking that people were way off in in saying it was horrible, and watching it this time it wasn't as strong as I remembered it. But again, it could have been way worse for what we're describing a sequel to Blair Witch a year too, after. <laughs> yeah, but who were they marketing to? What movie that were they going to spend money on and make that? that would have been better and made money. This what, is the direct result of what was bound to happen. What Blair Witch 2 would you have loved to see, Vinny? Mm, no, I wouldn't have loved to see anything. Exactly. And that's the point. All. So somebody who didn't like the first one, for and for them in, to make a sequel that you would enjoy, but you wouldn't have went and watched it. And so I feel like they but, kind of struck a happy balance between trying to make something that might draw in some new people and still make some people that love the first one happy with it. I, so. th- I think that's what they attempted. I just don't think they landed on it. I think that all of the things, because all of the things that I didn't like about the first one aren't really present in the second one. The, you know, the, the, the shaky cam is not there to make me sick through the whole thing. Um, at least going into this, I already know that the first one is 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 a farce. I know that it's not real, so that I I don't go into it feeling like I'm getting worked. So all of those things aren't there that that put me off for the first one, but I just think they failed in a completely different way for me. I think the acting's atrocious in this movie. At any time while watching this, did you all have it dawn on you that this was they went and hired a Poor man's Rafe Fines, poor man's Jamie <laughs> Kennedy, poor man's Laura Linney, and poor man's Jennifer Tilly. How bad do you have to be to be the poor man's uh, Kennedy? Whew. Lord have mercy. The poor man's Jamie Kennedy. Nobody is putting that on their resume, son. Yeah, they <laughs> usually end up in porn. Um, <laughs> that was impressive, Grizzly. I feel like you put effort into uh, creating a, a poor man's comparison that was Poor good. Man's lineup. <laughs> it's true it really is kind of surprising that they weren't able to pull in at least one name that was a little bit bigger just for the money alone that would have went, swirled around this movie well i so i didn't realize it but i i think they were going for the marketing of the first one because apparently it didn't work as well because there's a shadow of the blair witch where they do the same thing where these people are not actors and they went into the woods and blah blah blah. I don't even remember ever that ever seeing that one, so that didn't work as well. How can you? Do I remember that there when being you had the original about, actors. Good. I was gonna say, wasn't there rumors about subliminal messaging in this movie? Well, that's what. So they they helped had a whole big thing, and if you watch the the VHS, it would tell you to if you watch certain scenes in reverse. So. Like anything, I had to have things pointed out to me. So for this viewing, I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? So I looked it up as I watched it. And like a a few minutes in, so the one grave is like one of the graves of the kids or something. 
when they walk by, it's the name. And when they walk back by, it's a, it says something different, which this is sad. I had to look it up, but because it, it's spelled reverse backwards. But I was like, what the fuck does that say? And then if there's certain messages throughout the movie, and when you put them together, it actually says, drink more Ovaltine. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, Paul is dead. It actually says, seek me no further, or the children will again walk free. That's hot. So it, I think that's uh, Manson's next jam. Um <laughs> I, I, for this viewing, I probably it's probably the most that I've liked this movie, and I still don't. It, it's still just so confusing. Um, I will say that you kind of brought up the. It's because you're thing. trying to figure out why it was made. Well, well, that's the thing too is people hated it, but it actually cashed in too. Like it made a lot of money as well. So did it yeah, really make to, a lot of money? Yeah. Um, I believe so. Here's the thing: if you need to understand why they made this, refer to the scene in the Wedding Singer when Adam Sandler visits the bank. <laughs> you have more money I would like more money that's where you come in it really reminds me of Boggy Creek too and that Boggy Creek was like this documentary style thing that felt very real and then the sequel has Marianne from Gilligan's Island in it So, and it's a, com- a completely like a, a theatrical movie it's budgeted for $15 million and it made $50 million. Yeah, all right. And it made Jeffrey Donovan into a huge star. Just because it made money don't mean it was good. Uh, no, it didn't. Well, that's uh, what you said is exactly accurate because the creators thought that the Blair Witch thing would be something that you visit after so many years where people forgot about it. Um. Uh, and so they weren't rushing to make it anyway. Like, really, it's one of those they should have just said fuck it and made it. Because I think what they were looking to do would have been cooler. Um, which, again, it, it would have threw out the found footage stuff because it was just going to be about, like, the, the legend of the house and, and the witch. And and the witch hides in the sewers and comes out <laughs> as a clown every <laughs> Grizz, do you want do you want to lay out the basic premise of this film? Never, we've shit on it and praised it when we said nothing about the content. I was going to say, I was just waiting on you guys to pause and wipe your ass also, for a minute. How can you not like any movie, though? That's a horror movie that may or may not involve devil worship and witches that has full-blown goth. Not only goth, but say it, say it, Vinny. What about the goth in this film? I don't know. What about it? And then you say, uh, when we were throwing these out, you're like, oh, got big titty goth girlfriend in it. So why <laughs> No, I, that was me. I accused you of liking the movie because of that. <laughs> Guilty as charged. <laughs> um, All right, so, you got you bullies. Let Grizz tell the plot. <laughs> Thank you, Professor, my lifelong friend. <laughs> tell me, Johnny, come lately. Treat me with some respect. <laughs> um. Whew. So, uh, it starts out, and I think it's a really fun intro where they're hitting MTV and all the different talk shows talking about the first Blair Witch movie. And then they launch into saying, and now all these people are flocking to Burkittsville, Maryland, because they think it's a true story. And the people are like, God, please leave us alone. God, why didn't they pick a fictional town? And so it already sets the tone from the beginning that I can't even explain, like, 
They're saying that it wasn't a true documentary, but those legends are still real there, right? I mean, isn't that kind of the catch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're like, it was a movie. This isn't a, re- you know, this isn't real. These people didn't disappear. Da 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 da. But they're still saying that like Rustin Parr was there, Ellie Kedward, Coffin Rock, all of these things happened. Um, so that right there from the beginning, I think is pretty slick because they've already got you second guessing. Like, wait, so what universe are we in right now? Was the first one supposed to be a doc? Was the first one just a movie? And so yes, the official line is that the first one was just a movie. But people are going there because they think it was real. But it is still the urban legends and the folklore are real. Um, and so they've got, uh, you know, the poor man's Jamie Kennedy, who is, had been in a mental institution, who now owns like a, a haunted tour business. And he'll take you out in the woods and show you all the stuff and get you real scared. And we've got new documentary filmmakers who are wanting to go out and tell the story. And uh, it's for their hypothesis, and it's about, um, it's almost like a nature versus nurture sort of thing. They're like, did this hysteria happen because of the Blair Witch, or is this all hype because of the film around the Blair Witch? And they've got their own disagreements about that, and it's for their, like, psychology PhD dissertation sort of thing. Um, Anything to say about the setup? Well, other than they ripped off Candyman... Uh, hey, uh, so I will say, and maybe that's why I liked it better was reading some of the stuff because the plot that you just said is exactly true that the townspeople, like they, the people were going flocking that believed the first movie was real. They were stealing the signs from the town, like welcome to Burkittsville. Um, the townspeople were like, no, this is not fucking real. Um, the house was actually like a historical home that they actually try to preserve for the fans. And because the fans are assholes, they tore it down anyways because they kept, like, taking things from it and vandalizing it. Um, So basically, like, all the shit that was happening in real life, but just spinning it with, like, the the legend was actually happening to the the townspeople. So it was so bad they didn't even, like, allow the the movie to to premiere in the town because of the, the shit they got, so... And it's fun, like the townsfolk are like, oh, we just, we make the stick figures and sell them and the people buy them and, and uh, we got, we ran out of sticks so we just started making piles of stones from stuff in our backyard and people were buying those. And I'm like, good old hillbilly ingenuity, I can dig it because I've, I've seen it happen at every street fair. I was going to say, we've been to the Mothman Festival. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Todd and I have been to the Mothman Festival, we know how this works. Yeah, I like the the setup for this, and I think it perfectly illustrates why they could have been even way lazier with the approach to this film. I like that they treat it that the film that you've watched in the original exists in this universe. Um, I think that it kind of throws the viewer off guard, especially at the time when this came out, that it wasn't going to be just more of the same in the woods with the same way that we get there. I think that at least engages the viewer a little bit um, in a way that they really didn't have to do with this. It could have been way more phoned in. That's again, not to say that it's a great movie, but I think that it's at least worth noting for the approach that they took a respectable effort, if you will. Well, I mean, as you say that I was like, well, paranormal did it six times times six. So they were at least like, (laughs) yeah, let's just not even do found footage and 
the 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 premise and the intro is about as far as my enjoyment went for this movie. I did like that it was okay. Yeah, there was this movie. Like you saw the same movie. It's the same thing. It was actors, but this town. The whole thing we just discussed. I like that end of it. That it, it, it wedges you in. They take you back to reality again. They ground it back in reality. Because it puts now the original this, to bed. Yeah, because we all know at this point that the original wasn't the real thing that they presented it as an advertising. So now it takes you back in. But but at the same time, it works for that moment. But on the other hand, I don't think it works because this is a studio film. Because it's a, a, a produced film. I don't think it fully jives. But I like that idea and the premise going into the film. Okay. I respect that. He mad. <laughs> nope. Trust me, I ain't getting mad over Blair Witch 2. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't arguing about Jaws 4. I ain't getting mad about Blair Witch 2. Just take No, I'll get pissed about Jaws 4. I've been doing that since I was a kid. <laughs> um, so our, our couple who are the psych people who are making the film and they're going along with uh, poor man's Jamie Kennedy. What's his name? Randy? Is he Randy? You keep saying poor man, but I'm like, is yeah, well, he was Randy and scream. Jamie I'm confused. <laughs> Crazy Randy. Uh, so they go along. Sad Randy. Sad Randy. <laughs> and so they go and now they're on this, they're, this journey and now they have a, uh, a Wiccan woman with them who is going to help them Erica. get in touch with uh, nature and, and the Blair Witch to help them with this endeavor. And then they pick up the goth girl who is a psychic who is going to help them with that part of the endeavor. And so then, by the way, uh, realism on how annoying the girl who's a Wiccan is about being a Wiccan to every yeah. girl who's really been into being a Wiccan I've ever met in my life. <laughs> yes. It's like a CrossFit vegan. Um, yes. Here's the thing. Spoiler alert: the Wiccan is the one that likes to party with her shirt off, <laughs> not the Gothic psychic. <laughs> to Bummer. all of our dismay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so that's that's where this goes. They go out into the woods. They're camping at the side of the Damn. old house. Yeah, and they're they're party rocking. They got uh, they got uppers. They got downers. They're having a good time. Uh, then, Typical orgy. They kill some people. Don't don't remember it. Yeah. Then some other people. Oh, and the whole time we're getting flashbacks. It's like people being dead and these folks being interviewed by police about what happened. So. In the middle, almost before bedtime, uh, this other group shows up, who's another Blair Witch ghost hunting group, with their tourists, who some of which are Asians, uh, another one's like uh, European of some sort, and they're they're about to fight over who gets to camp here tonight, and they're like, oh, don't you remember that crazy stuff we saw at Coffin Rock? And they're like, yeah, the crazy stuff at Coffin Rock. And they're like, oh, we're going to Coffin Rock. They tricked them. And, uh... Got him. Got him. And they so definitely got him. They get uh, white people wasted, and they go to bed, and they don't remember going to bed, and they wake up, and all their shit's destroyed. Their research documentation is falling like snow. The camera equipment is smashed up, and 
That's when the insanity. Their buttholes hurt. <laughs> yeah. So this is <laughs> what happens when white people party. Other people are disemboweled. <laughs> then they get they go back to to uh, what's the guy's name? Jeff. Jeff. They go back to Jeff's house. My name is Jeff. My name is Jeff. They go back to his <laughs> where his abandoned warehouse that he lives in. Uh, and in was, fairness, it's with the carryover from the nineties. I mean, he, industrial everything. He was getting ready to do uh, his startup Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And so they get there and then the sheriff calls because the sheriff hates Jeff. He says, what'd you do now, boy? Why they beat you over the fucking head with that? (laughs) Yeah. Turn on the news. They turn on the news and that other tour group was murdered at Coffin Rock. And they're pretty sure they believe it was Jeff and that gang. And they were like, come and get us. I do like like that village idiot with the van. Get him. I do like that that was live, and then he was like on the phone like, you see me. Jeff's place reminds me of the artist in, what is it, Nightmare 4 or 5? Nightmare 5? Oh, yeah. That's what that yeah. dude's place reminded me Every of. Every misunderstood law of the 90s. <laughs> yes. I yes. thought you were going to say the artist from Amityville 17. The one Which, uh, it, all smelled like, it, it all smells like a... Uh, Teen like Spirit? A, I was going to say like balls and, and Roman noodles. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Um, so, uh, yeah. And so they keep seeing this little girl ghost and uh, the one lady has a miscarriage and uh, they're basically experiencing a mass psychosis. And so they, they go back and they slow the video down and watch the video. And actually the video uh, reveals that it was them. In a in a drug fueled orgy, uh, tearing all their own stuff up. How do you? By the way, you of all people, how do you like that quote twist? Doesn't it was us all along. Matter of fact, it for me. Matter of fact, it kind of made me mad. <laughs> you party with white girls named Tristan. They're gonna get you into some shit. You're gonna destroy everything you own. <laughs> I was a little. I was a little bit angered by that. So I was a little police. bit angered by the miscarriage. Why do we have that? Why do we have to go into that unpleasantry? It doesn't help the plot at all. Which there's that's such, fair. They're such sick bastards that the dream sequence where she's in the river, I think that it spells like shit in the water because that's one of your clues. So. <laughs> Boy, the film. Dead honest with you, it kind of falls apart from this point. <laughs> no, you already said you love it. You already said. Yeah, it's put them favorite. socks up while you talk, boy. Yeah, you already said it's your favorite next to Congo, so just <laughs> go with it. <laughs> Don't you dare own it. Respect. How pissed are you that this guy? Oh man, I forgot we Congo. covered that. Now that does anger me. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the gist at this point, like it, it really. This is a film that works backwards instead of building up to a good ending. It's one that starts really entertaining. That's because it's an Erisherus version. What was that? It's when you put your hands Are you the arm? You you put it in just make us do bad things? Play this back in reverse. What did we just do? You know, to be honest, this did it better than the movie Memento, but whatever, you know. Don't talk about Memento. That's my life right now. 
That's why he's got those neck tattoos. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Anybody want to wrap up this story? <laughs> it falls apart. Everything that we've seen isn't really what we've seen. Like when the goth girl goes and buys beer and she actually kills the cashier. We've got everything on video footage uh, that the cops play back for him. We've got Jeff hiding the body of Erica, the Wiccan, who is dead, that they find in a closet at one point. And so we basically spell out that they're all fucked. What was uh, the, they're, on, they're on camera doing these things. What was the title of that French-German movie we just watched on one of our recent episodes? Oh, high, high Tension. Hot yeah, where it was tension. completely implausible when it went back. And yeah. this is, I get the same vibe off of this. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, exactly. That's what the witches want you to think, Benny. <laughs> so they were all under control of the Blair Witch. I mean, that's really ultimately what they want us to believe by the end. Is that why you're blurry right now? And then they all <laughs> go to jail. <laughs> Cue the yakety sax. Yeah, there isn't a... <laughs> there, isn't a there isn't a Dallas moment where we wake up. It's... Uh, it's just kind of a big old bowl of shit. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, they all, they kill each other and chase each other around that big old <laughs> fancy loft. So Yeah, man. Fuck this movie. Yes, let's, <laughs> uh, let's Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. I don't recommend this. I say turn it off at the 45-minute mark. <laughs> <laughs> I say yeah, record yeah. it and watch it backwards. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend this unless you're in love with the idea of the franchise. I mean, it'll give you more there, but I wouldn't recommend this certainly standalone or to the casual viewer. Again, like that first third is just, I'm not going to lie, the first third's very entertaining, but then it just... If, if, yeah, you're, and I will agree with you. A third of the way in, you're, you're kind of, and even me, somebody who's not looking forward to Blair Witch 2 is like, okay. And then, yeah, it just falls apart. I'm a huge fan of a third of this movie. Huge fan. (laughs) (laughs) High praise. High praise. Put that on on the DVD cases, folks. I'm a big fan of of a third of this movie. Okay, well let's uh, let's bring this thing home. Let's uh, pull up the hat trick here and let's look at Blair Witch. I'm sorry, Todd, I stole the title from you. Tell him the title. Blair Witch. <laughs> that was dramatic. Which technically should maybe be Blair Witch Three, but sticking with uh, how we do films now, where you just you dumb it down to what the original title. Because even was. The you, you, if. You, with the title, you don't want to make the viewer think that they have to go back and have an understanding of anything else to watch it. Is that why it's Fast and Furious now? Like, you can't even have the in it. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, even the sequel wasn't called Blair Witch Project 2, you know? Well, because they, pro- they didn't have a project to do now. <laughs> the book report. They, and they weren't in the projects like Candyman. Right. Man. So Tied back in again. Heard you looking for Candyman, bitch. <laughs> 2016. Okay, what do we got? Directed by Adam Wingard, who just uh, just completed Godzilla vs. Uh, Kong. So, hey, way to go. Uh, Step up. Written by Simon uh, Barrett. And both of those guys have done, like, your next and VHS 1 and 2. So, um, I don't know, probably picked some better people than the past. Uh, 
this one actually has a cast. So uh, other than I think James, which the actor's name is James McCure. Uh, I knew him as James. <laughs> yeah. So everybody else is uh, actually playing characters that were written for them. So uh, Callie Hernandez, Brandon Scott, Valerie Curie, Wes Robinson, and um, if I could read because there was light, let me go by the sunlight here. What's left? Uh, she's not important. It's just the, the girl in the film. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sexist. Man, Todd on the fast. I want to not represent the entirety of this show. <laughs> <laughs> it is 2021. Oh, wait, hold on. We got light. I still can barely That's going to cost you. Todd just slipped him a five. Yeah, I have to pay a dollar now to get light. Uh, <laughs> cool thing about this movie, though, was um, that they filmed this secretly and even marketed it. At, I saw the first trailer when it was called The Woods. Yep. And I was like, that looks a lot like Blair Witch, but this looks good. So it can't be Blair Witch. Um, and I think <laughs> they, they didn't reveal it. It's, it's Venomous Toddy tonight. Boy. They, uh, they actually did a screening of the film, and when people came out, because they went in to see the woods, all the posters were changed to say Blair Witch. So that polar sure. is making him hateful. I like it. <laughs> the apocalypse has changed me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's that's the gist of who's in it. Do you want to go over what's not? So we we've covered this in its entirety back on episode ninety. We'll just kind of give a a quick overview here. Um, because we're doing good on time, so we'll we'll give a just a, an overview here. Uh, in revisiting, I really liked this the first time I watched it, um, and I think you can go back and hear me talk about that on that episode. Um, in revisiting, like any found footage movie, just some of the magic's gone, um, or like any any like jump scare horror movie, because a couple times, like you know, when I was watching this the first time around, I was just engulfed, and I mean, I would just I jumped. I pooped my pants a couple times. Like they had some really good ones, but like revisiting, it's still good. I think it's still probably the most entertaining of the, the three, but 100% some of the the magic's gone after a few viewings, but that doesn't make it any, it doesn't make it any worse of a film. I think that it took the best of the first two and it may, it, it took that found footage feel that people liked and then it also took the slick studio produced side mingled the two and came out with the best of the three movies uh this by far is is the best one out of the three in my opinion there i will agree with you uh because this is the second time i've watched this my opinion is a bit diminished from the first time when I listened back to episode 90. I am not as excited and I'm not as uh, giving it as much praise as I did in the past. And it's because it's not fresh and I am watching it a second time. There are still some scenes that are very effective. That tunnel, and that's all I'm going to say about ooh, it, ooh. nearly gave me an anxiety attack all over again this time. Uh so it still has its merits, and and a hundred percent, this is the best of the three. Yeah, I, my opinion hasn't changed. I I think that overall, you can't negate the fact that this whole subgenre is exhausted. And Fair. going back to watch it, that's that's part of the equation. But with that said, it's still 
really entertaining and it delivers on the goods that you would hope it that it would bring as a sequel to the original that couldn't afford to do so. I think that they they really checked off all the things that you would hope they would in this. Um, and it, I, it's just, it's way more entertaining than the other two as a whole. Uh, just it, it, I think really the perfect experience if somebody's never watched any of this stuff is you could play in the little uh, documentary that sci-fi aired on the lore and just play in this movie. And I think that's a fun night. That, that sounds like a sound recommendation. I, uh, I, I felt the same way as when I watched it. I think this movie held up. And I think it's because they made it as a movie because it actually has a score, even though it's like really underplayed. Um, but and, it doesn't sound and, like the clerk soundtrack like Blair Witch 2 does. <laughs> um, no, because it's, it, it's under the radar. Um, I did learn that there's, I think the only CGI in the movie is them erasing stuff. So all the effects were practical, which held up. I, I did look up what the fuck came out of her leg because it still confuses me, but apparently it's some kind of root. But I think that's what they really don't explain a lot of stuff. And I thought the thing at the end that's really creepy as fuck that's chasing them. I thought that was the Blair Witch. Apparently that's not. Uh, I think there's. Is that Ellie Kidward? <laughs> no, that's it's supposed to be one of her victims. Um, I also read that, the, that they were so practical that the tunnel scene, they could fit the girl. And there's someone behind her holding her legs, which would freak me the fuck out. Hell no. Exactly. And then the person in front of them filming and made them really go through a uh, fucking tunnel. I would have freaked I'd, out. I'd, I'd have walked off the I set. freak out watching the scene. I'd have uh, walked off the set and I'd have burned it down on my way out. <laughs> I'm like, y'all can have this dumb bitch. I ain't and doing I, that. I think it's added to you that like, it, the, the, the ending, you know, a lot of it's still not explained. The ending is at least, it looks exactly like a... Um, uh, What's his name again? Russell. What's his name? Rustin. Bro. Rustin Parr. Looks. They rebuilt that house identical. So, um, man, I just. I again. I think you just said it. They. They kind of. Um, it doesn't look like found footage. So they did that well. They had better actors. Um, the drone and, footage is fun. Yeah, the drone footage and the, the tent scene still gets me. Like that could only been better as if they didn't let the actors know that was going to happen and they just ripped it up. But this one was actually scripted. So I think that helped the movie. It certainly did. I just love that you get to spend time in the house in a real way where they, they really demonstrate some fun stuff in there. Cause that's always what, when you get done with the first one, that's what you were hoping for. And it kind of ends abruptly and understandably. So they didn't have a lot of money, but I think that had to happen in this movie and they achieved it. When you even get the little weird goth couple, which also kind of kind of adds to it, because uh, the goth redneck couple, yes, yeah, the redneck goths, as you will have, which is a thing. Yes. <laughs> the same people that want your cigarettes in a village pantry parking lot. <laughs> Man, that couldn't be more true. Anyway, <laughs> but I think again, it just adds from the other film that they show up looking like fucking disheveled as as shit, and and the girl's starving. Uh, and to them, it's been like five days and to the other people, it's just been a few hours. So I think that added to, uh, the other films as well, since. Yes. The passage of time is very fun in this. Yeah. Especially, you know, Blair Witch one, Blair Witch project, whatever we're calling it, you know, and they just keep getting lost. It's like the woods is tricking them. The witch is tricking yeah. them. 
Yeah. When it kind of makes you rewind back and think of that. And it's like, were they in a, like kind of a little pocket of time where it's like they're wandering around all day, but no time's actually passing. Yeah. So basic real quick and dirty synopsis. Uh, this one goes back to treating Blair Witch Project like it was real. Um, it kind of gets away from the second film. And uh, this is Heather's little brother going to look for her because he saw some footage that he thinks is her from this guy who's putting videos up on YouTube, which the guy is one of the sketchy goth rednecks. And um, yeah, they go out. So it's this guy, uh, his lifelong best friend, um, his, the lifelong best friend has his girlfriend, but the other girl that comes along is just this guy's lady friend. They're not dating, dating. And so, um, yeah, she wants to really help him with this project and she's doing it. Uh, as part of her video project for school that she's doing. And uh, yeah, the they thought that the, the sketchy goth redneck couple would just tell them where to go, but they want to come with them. And they're not real cool with that, especially since they had a rebel flag tacked up in their house and the couple, one of the couples is black. And uh, yeah, so they, they tell the story, again, tying back to telling a story at the beginning that you got to pay attention to later about how when they caught Ellie Kedward, they hung her up and they, they basically did an old school torture rack on her and they hung stones from her and it like stretched her out, which is why I always thought that the creature thing that they see that freaks them out, it looks like it has long limbs. Yeah. yeah. But evidently Todd said that's not smart enough. And so I don't know that that's <laughs> well, Also, there's some thing too in the tree. So yeah, that, like maybe that's the Blair Witch. Yeah. I think that's <sighs> Edward. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know what I liked about this movie? Wow. Uh, no miscarriages. <laughs> That's a yeah. I really enjoyed that. Isn't that on the poster? <laughs> yes. Blair, yeah. yeah, Blair Witch, no miscarriages. <laughs> I tried so, to reach out to this guy to tell him his sister's just selling pot and being rude to people, but couldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> so we get, as we said, the girl cuts her foot. That adds to some uh, ucky grossness later. Um, we get stick figures, but they're fake, and that's how they expel the goth redneck couple because they can't trust them. They get later lost losers, again. <laughs> yeah, they get lost again. Uh, you know, we just get all some of the, the, the same stuff. Um, that made the again to tie back to what Vinny said, they took what was great about the first two movies and did it really well to make one good movie. And so, if you're going to rewatch or watch any of them, this is the one to have around, yeah. Uh, besides the tent flying, right before the tent flying, one of the other great jump scares is they, they've got these, now they've got these real stick figures that have appeared, unlike the fake ones earlier. And the girl gets mad and she goes to break one. And when she does, the sketchy goth redneck girl breaks in half backwards. That scene, that scene, I, I like in the back of my head, I knew it was coming, but still caught me off guard when it happened. It it disarms you. It disarms you because the movie, even though it does have a studio behind it, it still feels low budget. There's not a lot of frills with it. Even the second one had a couple cool gore effects in it, but this doesn't really have any of that kind of thing. Where you know what I'm saying? Uh, So it catches you off guard when you see a human being snap in half. Yeah. Yeah. Again. 
people disappear, go missing, the drone gets fucked up, <clears throat> um, and we end with the big finale in the house, the, the Rustin Parr house. Uh, still, it looks the same from the first movie, handprints on the wall, things like that, and uh, we have the, the very scary tunnel scene, and we end with people in a corner and a camera falling in scene. Yes, very much mirroring. Yeah, so uh, again, folks, we weren't going to go real in-depth on this because we've done that before, but any other thoughts from you guys about this film that uh, you want to contribute to this franchise conversation? Uh, mine's still the same as episode 90, which is I stand by two things. One, they spend way too much time setting up the technology. Viewers know what's going on. We don't need that drawn, drawn out as much as they do. But two, on the flip side, I really love the payoff in the house. That's what we always wanted, and they gave it. And for that alone, it was worth making this movie. For me, being a person who does not enjoy The Blair Witch as a franchise, I still would recommend this particular entry for people who enjoy horror movies, uh, especially because you you only have to have the, the most base working knowledge of the original. And I think this is a much more satisfying watch than any of the other Blair Witch movies. I agree. I would say of the franchise, that's I would probably t- recommend people to watch this movie. And then, hey, if, I mean, I think you're going to like it, but be warned, the other two are garbage. Well, and it might make re-watching the original two more enjoyable, having seen this one first, honestly. Yeah, it was nice for me this past week to take and just line up all three of them and watch them three nights and, and get to have some of that understanding of the continuity and the references by the third film. Yeah. Okay. Sneaky franchise. That was the Blair Witch franchise. And so, Oh, I got one more question before we, before we sign out. Uh, Uh, Grizz, why do you love found footage? (laughs) (laughs) You see to you, it's like a, to you, it's just like a film, but to me, it's more of a feeling. And so to me, uh, it's camping. <laughs> Here's the uh, question: If there's a found footage Dracula movie, what in the hell are you going to do? Uh, I don't know, but I'm producing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, prepare. It'll for be so time. torn. They had they had cameras back in the 1800s. <laughs> found footage Here's Dracula the- controls Bigfoot mind control style. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you just find out it was someone's crazy fever dream. Here's the thing for the future <laughs> for the future of this franchise. What I would like to see if they make anything else would be an anthology movie exploring each point along with the history of this. I would like to see that stuff portrayed. But the thing is, I don't want an entire movie for each of those events. I think it'd be a fun anthology to go back through the history of Blair Witch, like the guy that that went after the kids in the '40s, the original witch the 1780s i think that'd be a fun movie but past that i think this third one put it to bed i'm good with what they did everyone just changed roles on this movie todd became venomous (laughs) professor became toddy and wanting another movie (laughs) but i explained what movie i want in fairness up up is down black is white (laughs) and you didn't pay attention to the timeline him him (laughs) saying that though uh all, like creep show and all the other really brief series, like maybe a six episode series that they do on TV all the time. So I think Chucky's getting ready to come out that way. 
because I don't think that we need to see a bunch of kids go back into the woods, but I don't know. I am interested in some of the legend. Um, I don't know. That's probably why the, the original creators, maybe they're still sitting on that because they've just been waiting 20 years. Okay, wrapping up the Blair Witch franchise. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I've been joined by... Professor Wagstaff. Hot Toddy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you idiots. Stay scary. (laughs) 